Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. Have you checked out our Specialty Stories podcast yet over at specialtystories.com? In that podcast, we focus on medical specialties. As you're preparing for the MCAT, maybe you don't care what type of physician you want to be yet. You just want to get into medical school. But listening to the specialty stories will help keep you motivated as you're struggling through your MCAT prep. Hearing from different specialists and different physicians will help keep you motivated and encouraged. And I think will help your MCAT score. Go check out Specialty Stories at specialtystories.com. This is the MCAT Podcast, session number 29. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. I'm excited to be here for another week of the MCAT podcast, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. We're going to jump into another episode here with Brian. Brian, last week we had a set of biology discrete questions. This week we're going to do a deep dive into a full passage. So let's go ahead and talk about this one. Sure, absolutely. So uh, as we always do with these podcasts, if the listener is able to, to get the uh, handout, you can go ahead and pause the podcast for just a second and, and read your way through the passage carefully. And then we're going to talk about a couple of sample questions that come right along with it. What we see in the passage here is just a description of the process of beta oxidation, you know, how the body and the mitochondria metabolize fat for energy um, with a couple of different um, molecular structures. They give us the structure of carnitine and palmitic acid. Uh, and then they give us the first three steps of beta oxidation. With the addition of biochemistry to the MCAT, um, the test writers are going to expect you to be very comfortable, very familiar with all these different metabolic pathways. Maybe not quite to the level that you would obviously learn them in medical school, um, but this still has to be language that you're comfortable reading about. But then Typical for the MCAT, of course, they're going to introduce a general topic in a passage or an experiment in the passage, and then the questions are just going to be scattershot around that topic. So the first question we have here, number 41, says, injection of insulin into the bloodstream is least likely to result in which of the following? So we know that insulin is a very powerful metabolic hormone, so this is not coming directly from the passage itself, but it's just related to the topic of the passage. So again, injection of insulin into the bloodstream is least likely to result in which of the following. And the choices are A, increased glycogen synthesis, B, decreased lipid synthesis, C, increased esterification of fatty acids, or D, decreased gluconeogenesis. At first, the question sounds like it's going to require a whole lot of 
you know, hyper detailed knowledge about the the various metabolic results uh, of insulin. Um, when I'm working with my own students and trying to help them organize all the various complicated biochemistry pathways, I always say, look, start with the broadest, most general understanding, right? Insulin is a powerful, arguably the most powerful anabolic hormone in the body. It's, it's about building up and storing big molecules, not about making little molecules. So if you remember that insulin's big job is to store energy to build up big molecules, then you can usually hack your way through these questions and find your way to the right answer. So in this case, answer choice A said increased glycogen synthesis. And that certainly sounds like something insulin would do, right? It, 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 glycogen, a storage polymer of, of glucose molecules. So increased glycogen synthesis, sure, that means more storage. So that's something insulin would do. Now, the mistake is, of course, a lot of students at that point will just go, oh, A is the right answer, pick it and move on. But they forget that the word that I read twice now in the question itself was the word least. The question was injection of insulin into the bloodstream is least likely to result in which of the following. So A, increased glycogen synthesis, is a function of insulin, and so we cross it off. Then we get to B, decreased lipid synthesis. And that's our winner. That's the right answer because insulin's job is to help us store energy. And B says decreased lipid synthesis. So as this is a least question, answer choice B then becomes the right answer. Do you have any sort of tips for when, it, when a student reads this passage and you mentioned that they forget that least function there? What sort of tips do you have so that when they read that and they're looking over their answers, they're reminded that it's a least and kind of an opposite thing? Sure, yeah. There, there are two big things there. First, one provided by the AMC, which is nice of them. They put it all in caps. So when they put words like least, not, except, um, they're going to put that in caps or italics or something. And then second, the MCAT comes with a highlighting function. You can mouse over words in the passage or even in the question. You can highlight words in the question. And so I tell my own students, when you see a word like challenge or weaken or not or accept or least, highlight it in the question itself. That little visual reminder will help prevent any mistakes like you're talking about. All righty. Okay, let's look at one more from this passage. So question number 42 asks, which steps in figure three are oxidations? And then the Roman numerals are just step one, step two, step three. Now I'm going to describe what we see in the figure. And of course, if you're following along and printed the, the, the handout out, you can just see this directly. So uh, Figure three starts with a fatty acid, so a big, long fatty acid tail uh, attached to coenzyme A. Step one shows a single bond becoming a double bond. Step two shows the double bond going away, and an OH, a hydroxyl group, has now been tagged on where that double bond was. And then in step three, that hydroxyl group, that OH group, becomes a carbonyl carbon, C double bond O. So those are your three steps, a single bond into a double bond, a double bond going away and now showing a hydroxyl group, OH group, and then finally a hydroxyl group, OH, becoming a C double bond O. And once again, the question is, which of these steps are oxidations? And so when you have Roman numerals, there, there's different ways to tackle a Roman numeral question, but I always say do the easiest one first. So in this case, going from a hydroxyl group, uh, OH, to a carbonyl carbon, C double bond O, 
um, is fairly obviously an oxidation. It's more bonds to oxygen, uh, kind of your classic definition of an oxidation setup. So Roman numeral three, step three, is an oxidation. And that lets us eliminate answer choice A. And if, if that's as far as you can get, if, if you're not really sure about the other steps, um, then that's fine. Like that, you, you've made some progress and you should take what progress you can get and, and make your best guess and, and move on. Next, step one of the process, going from a single bond to a double bond, is another example of an oxidation step. So when we reduce or saturate a molecule, we reduce all the double bonds down to single bonds. Uh, so going the other way, going from a single bond to a double bond would be an oxidation step. So Roman numeral one is also an oxidation. Step one is an oxidation and step three is an oxidation. Uh, that lets us eliminate another answer choice. We've eliminated choice A, now we can eliminate choice B. And the two remaining answer choices, C and D, we just have to decide whether or not step two is an oxidation step. And Ryan, here's where the, the tricky bit comes in for most students. When we actually look at, at um, you know, how next step students have done on this test and which answer choices and which percentages uh, students have picked, um, a majority of students get this question wrong. They think that step two is an oxidation step. And so they pick the incorrect answer. They pick D, whereas the right answer is choice C, just only Roman numeral one and three. And so we have to look back at step two and see why is it not an oxidation? Why is it tricky? It's tricky because the molecule starts with a double bond. Remember, the process was single bond to double bond to adding a hydroxyl group to going to a carbonyl carbon. So the step going from a double bond to adding a hydroxyl group, uh, you know, my, my guess is that students simply see the oxygen and mm. go, oh, that's oxidation. Boom, done. They don't even yep. think about it. Without recognizing that now that the double bond went away, that means one of the carbons got the OH group. That means the other carbon had to have gotten a hydrogen. Mm -hmm. right? Because the double bond didn't just disappear. It doesn't become a radical or a carbocation or something. <laughs> So you had to put a hydrogen on there, but of course we just don't draw that, right? We don't draw the hydrogens when we're doing the little stick diagrams in orgo. So this isn't an oxidation step. It's a hydration step. They added water across a double bond. Sure, one carbon got an oxygen, but the other carbon got a hydrogen. And the way we think about redox in orgo is bonds to oxygen are oxidation, bonds to hydrogen are reduction. So you can't say the overall molecule got oxidized or reduced. They just added water across the double bond. Um, so you, you got it's, it's a tricky question, um, in the sense that you've got to really think about what happened to that other carbon in the double bond. Um, uh, but ultimately it's not a trick question. It's the figure is right there on the screen or it's right there on your handout. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, you, again, having forgotten all of this, I see the, oh, uh, the, the oxygen there. I'm like, oh yeah, that's an oxidation. So yeah, exactly. The, the trap that students fall into or you're assuming they fall into is definitely the, the trap that I fell into. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'll tell you, the, the real trick here, the real takeaway point for our prep is we just want to walk into the test being super comfortable with beta oxidation as a metabolic pathway. So none of these steps will be something new. I think the real trick is for students who maybe they're not as good on their content. So when question 42 comes up, they suddenly start freaking out and analyzing the figure because it's new to them. Whereas if you really knew your metabolic pathways, 
you wouldn't be worried about interpreting the figure correctly because it would be really comfortable for you already. And you could instead just be focusing on exactly what the question asked. All right. So there you have it. Another MCAT podcast in the books. If you are on an iOS device and you do not subscribe to this podcast through a podcast app like the podcasts, official Apple podcast app, you should. And you can do that very easily by opening up that podcast app. If you don't find it on your phone, search for it in the App Store. It's hidden there. If you removed it, it's still there. Open it up. Search for MedEd Media. That's M-E-D-E-D Media with a space in there. And all four of the podcasts that we do at the medical school headquarters, you will find. And you click subscribe, and every week this podcast will come to you. Do me a favor while you're in there. You can leave a rating interview as well. I hope you have a great week. But before I let you go, I want to remind you that Next Step Test Prep is known for their one-on-one tutoring. But did you know that they have a huge set of MCAT prep books and 10 full-length MCAT practice exams that you can buy separately? So go check them out. That's nextsteptestprep.com. And use the promo code MCATPOD, that's M-C-A-T-P-O-D, save some money on those practice exams and and save some money on their tutoring and their awesome new course as well. Again, that's M-C-A-T-P-O-D, all capital letters for that coupon code. Have a great week. We'll see you next week here at the MCAT Podcast. 